Hello, kiddies. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Three Guys in a Flick. The good, the bad, and the gruesomely absurd. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. It hasn't got a name. It's a new system. I wanted us to discover it. No one's ever been down here before. Are you fucking kidding me? Welcome back. You are listening to Three Guys in a Flick. This is where we review the good, the bad, and the absurd. Tonight's episode starts our annual Halloween movie reviews, and tonight we are starting with The Descent. Beware spoilers. Coming to you from a deep, dark, wet hole underneath the Appalachian Mountains, my name is Don, and to my right we have our comic book guy, John. Are you sure we're in the right system? This is not what I read in the book. You'll just have to trust me. And to my left, we have the Professor Ken. Wait, where, where's the Professor? He was just here a second ago. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, sure. Woo, buddy. I, I, I thought I saw something. I, I don't know. what. Anyway, hey, I'm you here. Know, you know what? That is just your eyes playing tricks on you. It's the dark. It's it's nothing. We are we are perfectly fine down here. Supposedly coming down in caves causes hallucinations. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm perfectly good with it. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, good, good. Uh tonight we kick off our Halloween special and we are going to talk about the descent. The descent was my pick, and we have been talking about watching and reviewing this movie probably since we started, really. Um, when we decided to do the whole horror movie series. The Descent was definitely in conversations uh, during that time. I personally really enjoyed it. I think it is one of the best horror movies in the last 20 years. And I watched it again last night, and I stand by that. So we're going to get into it. Have you ever seen The Descent, Professor? Yes, I have. Had you ever seen The Descent, good sir? No, I, this is actually my first time watching it. Oh, good. I cannot wait to get into this. Released on July 8, 2005, The Descent was directed by Neil Marshall, screenplay by Neil Marshall, and it stars Shauna McDonald, Natalie Mendoza, Alex Reed, Saska Mulder, Nora Jane Noon, Mayan Burring, and a bunch of other cave dwellers. Actually, only a couple other cave dwellers. There's, the cast is really small. Oh, yeah, very much so. Well, of course. Splunkers. Is that what it's... Splunkers? Is that what it would be called? I don't think Because it's, it's spelunking, right? Is cave diving? Spelunkers. I, th- <laughs> I thought spelunking was when it deals with water, under underwater caves that have water in them. But it might be without water as well. Oh, I don't know. Uh, listeners, if you know, let us know. How about that? How'd this movie do, Don? This movie was made for $3.5 million and brought in $57 million. I was surprised by that $3.5 million. Uh, considering the fact that they found it too difficult and too dangerous to film in actual caves. So they built like 21 sets of cave systems that they just reused over and over again. And the cave systems, they looked pretty good. So I'm surprised they got away with that cheap uh, sets. 
Yeah, um, they did have to build uh, all of the caves and 21 sets, as you were saying. But if you turned everything to the right, now you had 42 sets. So it makes sense. And it's controlled, and they made it look fantastic. I thought I was in a fucking cave. Yeah, it, it feels really claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah. Professor, you said that you had seen this before. Did you like it? Did I? Uh, I? In general, I don't go for horror movies where people are in anguish and they spend the last part of their life, you know, in complete fear and horror. Nobody gets out alive, that type of thing. That's just not my movie. So I'm going to say, no, you didn't like it. <laughs> and that's, and that's okay. Absolutely. That's why we're talking about it. Right. Regarding horror movies, you know, I'm a big fan of horror movies. I love horror movies. Uh, I do think that, you know, while I liked this movie, I did find a lot of issues because you've pointed out this before, Don, I tend to overthink things. Um, I also have some experience with dark caves, and so I'm not freaked out by that. And I think one of the things that this movie counted on was to really get at some people's phobias with claustrophobia, with darkness, with things in the dark, things like that. And from my experiences, scuba diving through dark caves, things like that, doesn't phase me at all. So really what this movie turned into for me was just a lot of jump scares. Let's talk about this director, Neil Marshall. Does that name ring or has it rung a bell to either of you before? Not at all. He is somebody that was completely off my radar. I learned about him uh, years ago and I watched one of his movies called Dog Soldiers. Oh yeah, he did that just before this. Right, and it was good. I liked it. It's, um, he has a very independent style and a vivid imagination and I like the way he moves his camera. And then he goes along and does The Descent, which obviously I'm, I'm a big fan of. And then he does a movie called Doomsday. Does that ring a bell to anybody? You know, all of his other movies, the... These are B-horror movies that never fared well with the audiences. Doomsday is his take on the Road Warrior meets Escape from New York. And it's a lot of fucking fun. And if anyone has the time or wants to check it out, Doomsday. It's a great movie. So I was a big fan of Neil Marshall, still am. Probably his biggest show that he's done for us that people can associate with is the remake of Hellboy. Yes, yeah, I noticed that he did that too. What was that first one you mentioned that he had done, Dog Soldiers? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently there was a call out in this movie to Dog Soldiers. When they were in the cave and I think it was, it was it Sarah that found the wolf's head? Mm -hmm. That was supposed to be a call out to yeah. Dog Soldiers. Yeah. yeah, There are actually a lot of call outs in this mm -hmm. movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, we'll get to it. None of which I know. Uh, you will after I mention it. You'll go, oh, okay. Okay. I hope. Uh, this cast, this cast was relatively unknown I and them from anywhere. Right. And I thought that they all did a great job. I bought the chemistry between all of them out of all of the characters. Was there one that you liked that stood out? It's kind of hard for me to say there were different moments when certain characters stuck out to me overall. I'm always a big fan of the last woman, you know, the last person, uh, and, you know, our Ripley in this movie was obviously Sarah. Yeah. Uh, and I thought she did a great job of going from happy to wrecked to trying to get on with her life to pretty much having lost it. <laughs> pretty much to destroyed. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I thought she did a great job. I also liked the the actress that played Juno. I thought she did a great job. Yeah. You, you kind of. 
distrust Juno the moment you see her, right? Mm-hmm. When she gives that look to the husband. Yeah. When to Sarah's husband. Yeah. you Right there, you're like, oh, you know something's going on. Yeah. I didn't catch that at all. What about you? But was there a character that... Uh, for the most part, Juno, only because she was somebody that I was able to view on the screen. The The cast of characters are difficult to follow along with. The names are barely mentioned. Their outfits are similar. It would have been helpful to have a little bit more association for the characters because I was very unclear watching, wait, is this Sarah? No, this is Sarah. No, that's not Sarah. And so I had a, a difficult time with that. And, you know, she was the only one that I could kind of sort of follow along with because I, she, she was, I could follow her. Anytime she was on the, on the screen, I could go, okay, that's Juno. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that interesting. was one of my issues, too. Exactly what Professor was saying is I didn't feel like the other characters were built up enough for me to care about them more than thinking they're just going to be cave dweller chow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't get that at all. What I, about, what, I, what about you? Uh, I really liked Beth, who was Sarah's best friend, the one that Juno kills. Uh-huh. Her, she, she had short hair. Her name was Beth. The pre-med student or the soon-to-be doctor was Sam. And I knew, okay, we're in a horror movie. We're going cave dwelling. One of them happening to be a medical student. I don't care. It's fine. Her big sister, Rebecca, I thought was fun and kind of like the mother of the group. And then there was Holly. Holly was the daredevil, uh, go get him, uh, friend of Juno. And I thought all of these women did a fantastic job in this. They all looked like they had played, uh, varsity sports. They all looked fit. I bought that they could go into this cave and go dwelling at no time. Did I feel like we got the old stereotype of weak women who needed a man's help? I felt like they could all stand on their own. And I thought it was, it was pretty empowering this movie. I thought the fact that they didn't need any men in those caves. Yeah. Yeah. All of the characters definitely came across as strong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what'd you guys think of the creepy crawlers? What'd you think of the character or the creature design and, the creepers, the, yeah, I dug the creepers. They they looked really good, and uh, I I, I like the uh, the roars, the screeches that they gave them. They uh, they they didn't sound uh, human unto uh, something that we could recreate ourselves. Yeah, I thought the the creepers or crawlers, whatever you want to call them, I thought the design was good and it was simple. I thought that them being blind and able to adapt to their environment was a good idea. Uh, I did wonder why fire never affected them and i wondered why when they would shine the lights to see their faces why it never affected them but it didn't affect me so much that it took me out of it i still thought they were fucking creepy and i chalked it up to them being daredevil right they see everything in silhouette through sound so you know there's little things here and there but overall as a design i thought it was simple very vampiristic maybe but I really dug it. I, I, I dug these guys. I think for me, this is where I mentioned earlier, I started to overthink things. And I was really got into analyzing those critters. I really liked their echolocation thing. I very reminded me very much of Predator and other, you know, dolphins, things like that, that, you know, they put out that sound and that was how they kind of helped find things. So that was something I liked. I did like their kind of white and design. And you're right, that Nosferatu type vampire look of them was obviously on purpose. Where my issue started to come in was when you think about it, these things are supposed to be very animalistic. They're supposed to be, 
you know, cavemen who got trapped in caves for millions of years and evolved into whatever they are. That was the whole point behind them. Well, if you think about it, have you ever seen a lion attack a gazelle and then another gazelle runs by and the lion stops eating that gazelle to go after another gazelle? No, that doesn't happen. So why would they leave a fresh meal to go attack another meal? Who knows? Maybe that's just the way the creatures work. I thought of the exact same thing that you did about the fire. They're passing by the fire. They shouldn't be able to experience a lot of fire down there. So the heat, all of that probably would have startled them, had some reaction to it. But no, they just pass really close by that torch and no reaction. Another issue that I had with it was you brought the point that they're blind. But did you notice that every time we got a close-up of them, their eyes were darting around everywhere? Have you ever seen like how a blind person's eyes work? They don't dart around to point at whatever the sound's coming at. They usually stay looking forward. So it kind of bothered me that their eyes kept darting around like they were seeing something. Uh, another issue I had was some of them you know, would sneak up and immediately bite or scratch or do something, yet others would just jump on the back and just hang on the back without biting or doing anything. So it was weird that they didn't keep doing the same actions. They didn't keep, you know, or whatever. They didn't, it just, the, the story kept changing of how they attacked. And one of the other things, uh, when, when people lose like their sense of eyesight, their hearing usually improves and their smelling usually improves. They, their senses improve. They couldn't smell the women. They could walk right by the women, be within an inch and can't smell that there's a woman in front of them. That just seemed weird to me. Their ear shape, when you think of evolution, their ears should have been bigger to be able to hear, so they should have more bat-like ears. They had pointed ears, but their ears were very small. So I thought, why would their ears be small if they rely on hearing to find things? So, again, totally overthunk this. Um, it was only a 90-minute movie, man. I know, but I kept, that's why I said, and I started to look at these creatures like, it just doesn't make sense to me. So I didn't find them intimidating really at all. Again, the jump scares, them jumping on, those were good, you know, for typical jump scares. But I didn't really find them creepy. I just didn't find them believable. Do you do this to other horror movies? No. Sometimes I do overanalyze things. And yes, it's not. He, the, do, he, he doesn't find the crawlers believable, but Freddy's real. A guy that goes into dreams who can do whatever he wants. We've never seen something like that before, Freddy. Yeah, well, so I'll just say this. If that's what you were thinking, well, that sucks because that would take you out of it. You mentioned that claustrophobia is not a thing that bothers you, but does the idea of going through like a deep, dark cave, would that phase you? I would. Well, first of all, I would never put myself in that situation. Mm -hmm. Why do I need to go through a cave? There are some things that, you know, I will do in this world. And there's some things that I have no desire to do in this world. I don't mind scuba diving because when you fall in the water, you fall slowly. Mountain climbing and going down in the cave system. You don't fall slowly. Exactly. So I have no desire to do those things. What about you, Professor? Would you ever go spelunking or cave diving? Spelunking is something that I don't think that I would ever want to do necessarily if I have to have gear. I don't mind walking into caves, and I've done that a couple of times, you know, like national park caves that's open to the public, and and there's a trail of people going in and out. I'm fine with that. But if I got to go uh, crawling on my hands and knees, and I need equipment with me, carabiners and such, no thanks. Not so much. Well, yeah. Just to let you guys know, 
in a week, I am leaving for Italy for a trip. And on this trip, we're going to something called the Blue Grotto. Have you ever heard of the Blue Grotto? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. You basically go, you take a boat trip to the side of this big kind of mountainous hill with this little tiny cave, this little hole that you can only get into when the, the waves go far enough out and they take you in in a canoe that you basically have, or a rowboat that you have to lay down in just to get inside this cave system. So if I don't come back, I am dweller poop. Is it trivia time? Why, yes, Don. I believe it would be trivia time. In our continuing pursuit to crown the master of movie trivia, I have prepared a series of questions related to the movie we are reviewing this episode. Please wait until I finish each question before answering, Don. What extreme sport are Sarah, Juno, and Beth engaged in at the beginning of the movie? River rafting. Whitewater river River rafting. rafting. I'll give that to both of you. What is the name of Sarah's daughter? Jessica. Jessica. Should I say was her daughter? (laughs) it's fucked up which two characters are sisters sam and rebecca sam and rebecca what's the name of the caverns the characters are supposed to be exploring bohemian bohemian bullrum cavern caverns damn it that's close you're close that's close which character gets stuck in the narrow passage all of them no there's one stuck 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 oh oh rebecca uh, Sarah. It was Sarah. Remember, they had to go back and try to unhook her. Who goes back? Uh, was that Juno. Holly? Huh? Juno. Beth? Beth. Beth goes okay. back after. Who falls down a steep hole in the cave and breaks her leg while running towards what she thinks is daylight? Holly. Holly is correct. Oh, that fucking bone protruding. Nasty. The fact that right. she had to push it back. I there. know. I love that. And you fucking didn't like this movie. Go on. No, I didn't say I, I didn't sh- like sh- this Shut movie. up. Go on. I know you didn't I say it. Go on. Go on. It. <laughs> what sense do the crawlers lack? All of Sight. them? <laughs> Sight. According to you? Go on. Well, like, good taste. A feeling? A conscience? Yeah. I, I do have to admit, I, I'm like them in that I like my meat raw. Oh. Rare. And wiggling? Raw and wiggling. Is it that time yet? I was just seeing if anyone would pick up on that. Oh, okay. And the final question. What does it say on Juno's pendant? Uh, Something about each day. Love each day? Love each day. Congratulations, Don. Thank you. Uh, Which also happened to be Sarah's husband's motto, which is how you put the two and two together. Uh, That's one of the ways, yes. That was his motto? Yeah, apparently that's what they listed as he quoted that as his motto. Did he say that in the movie? No, he doesn't say it. I wouldn't call it his motto, but he has said that to Sarah a number of times, and then Sarah says it, and all the girls look at her and go, what? And he goes, she says it's something that Paul used to say, and that's when Juno kind of clutches her Uh, big leaf. I Uh, didn't catch that either. Yeah. Well, I think, Don, you have won this round, so that actually may put you in the lead finally. Finally, fuck, it's only been like eight months. Thrill seeker friends, Sarah, Juno, and Beth go whitewater rafting together. Afterward, Sarah, along with her husband Paul and their daughter Jessica, are involved in a car accident while Paul is distracted. Paul and Jessica are killed, but Sarah survives. One year later, 
Sarah, Juno, and Beth, as well as friends Sam, Rebecca, and newcomer Holly, reunite at a camp in the Appalachian Mountains of North Carolina for a spelunking adventure. The next day, they hike up to a mountain cave entrance and descend. While in the cave, Juno apologizes to Sarah for not being there after the accident, but Sarah is distant. After the group moves through a narrow passage, it collapses behind them, trapping them. After a heated discussion, Juno admits that she has led the group into an unknown cave system instead of the fully explored cave system that they had originally planned to visit, making rescue impossible. She then tells Sarah that this adventure was in hopes of restoring their relationship. So the first thing I noticed, uh, being me, uh, when this film opens is the lens flare opening of the credits. I thought, oh, this guy likes to use his lens flares. Oh, all right. Yeah, I know. It's just something that I noticed. And then we actually open on uh, Beth, Sarah, and Juno whitewater rafting. Did you know all three of those actually did that? Yeah. Yeah, they wanted to make it look as real as possible, so they got trained up and did it on their own. And that, which I think is fantastic. And have you have either of you been river raft or white river rafting? Never in my life. No, sir. Uh, I can tell you from pretty much the two times I've ever gone, that was some pretty nasty rapids. There's a classification system of one through five, five being the deadliest, most dangerous rapids. I would say that was between a four and a five, it looked like to me. But that they were going down? That they were going oh, down. Oh, sure. Yeah, they're, they're adrenaline junkies. They go after the thrill. And right away, it's established that they're friends. And we have a husband and a daughter on the sideline. And I guess if you'd never seen this movie at this moment, I'm not sure you know right away it's Sarah's family. But once they land, oh no, once they get down to the smooth area, Beth pushes Juno into the water and then Paul helps Juno out, and then... There's there, that moment. There's a them. glance, yeah. yeah. And did you notice uh, Beth kind of catches it as she's tying the raft? Yeah. I got the feeling that Beth has kind of figured it out a long time ago. I, yeah, and I think throughout the movie as it progresses, I think all of them knew. Mm-hmm. So, I never caught it last time. I never caught it this time. One of the things Neil Marshall wanted... Uh, people to kind of get the vibe for from this movie. He cited the films Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Thing, and Deliverances as influences for his design of this movie. Did you get that from this movie? In hindsight, I can I can smell that a little. Yeah, I think uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was a little bit of an inspiration. What was the other one? Not Deliverance. Well, the Thing. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what the where the Thing came in, but the biggest inspiration he said he had was The Shining. Oh, The Shining. So it was The Shining and Deliverance, and I got the Deliverance feel. All the overheads and them driving on the was completely The Shining. Well, I thought the fact of they're being hunted by these things kind of did give me a Texas Chainsaw Massacre in that you don't know what's around the corner, you don't know what's going to reach out and grab you, and, you know, that whole, you know, eating people thing, that gives me my, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Deliverance, obvious, with nature is basically a bastard if you treat it wrong, if you go into it wrong. For me, it, to look back on it, I can see it only because I'm thinking of uh, an extreme feeling of isolation that you are completely cut off from any type of hope of somebody intervening to to aid or assist in any way. Oh, sure. I have talked lots of times about, oh, fuck moments. I love 
oh fuck moments. The death scene of the husband and daughter was definitely an oh fuck. And I love the way that a lot of times it's just a big surprise, you know, that it's going to happen. I love how they set it up in this movie that you could see earlier on he was already coasting into the wrong lane. So yeah. it wasn't like a drunk driver hit them or anything. This was the husband's fault for coasting into that lane. Yeah, he got distracted or he was clearly thinking about something else. and Or someone else. Whatever. And uh, Sarah says, what's wrong? And he says, nothing. And as he's talking to her, you're right. He, he does veer over and, yeah, talk about an old fuck moment. You can see it coming. You don't expect the actual pipes to come through the or the bars or whatever they were to come through. And I totally didn't expect the daughter to get it. Yeah, neither did I. When I first saw this movie, that was definitely an oh fuck moment. And a little bit of a jump scare, for sure. Mm. For sure. Uh, but what sells it for me is, is the camera's pulling up after the accident and we see the... The poles out of the windows. If you look real closely, the husband's hands is shaking. I did see like his hands like yeah, twitching a little bit. The other thing yeah. I noticed <sighs> was if you looked at the road, there was a lot of blood pooling on the road, and it seemed like it was coming from the back seat. Oh, yeah. Well, little girl was dead. So my thought is, oh, did he get them both? Because that was a lot of blood for just one person in the front seat. Yeah. And then she wakes up in the hospital bed, and she's calling for Jesse. Right, and this is uh, the first of what is going to become dream sequences or hallucinations, depending on where she's at. And she's standing in a hallway, and this scene is always something that I've wanted to do in the school hallway. Have someone running as the lights are going off, and they're trying to outrun the darkness. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very effective. doesn't go anywhere, but it's very effective. One one fan theory on the internet, and I know, Don, you love fan theories, but this is actually something that the director said he didn't disagree with, that it was a possibility up until the point where they released the sequel, which was originally when they filmed this scene in the hospital during the the dream sequence, she was going to see a silhouette, just really brief, really quick, of one of the cave dwellers, which was going to lead to an idea and that for wanting to make people, or wanting people to have theories that the entire thing that happened down in the cave system was all a hallucination by Sarah, that she went crazy and killed all the women herself. So there was supposed to be that argument in place of, could it have happened or could it, you know, could it have gone a different way? Uh, especially with the end sequence of her hallucinating Juno in the car. So the whole idea that there was that built in kind of effect, I think is what they were originally thinking with that hospital dream sequence. I'm glad they didn't do it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We have, uh, the, and then we have Sarah going down a busy hallway, all these people going back and forth, walking by and she's totally losing her shit. And everybody's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, you notice that too. Yeah, what the fuck? It didn't. No one even like turned and looked at her. I mean, luckily Beth was there, and she's just breaking down. And and you know, for what it is, that moment is heartbreaking. Yes, you. It, it is very. It it very much is a traumatic moment, and no one stops to see if she's okay or they not. Even, they just keep walking. They don't even turn and look at her. But what they do make a point to show us is Juno. Juno is clearly upset mm-hmm. because Paul's dead, and so she just leaves. We cut to black. And then the lens flare descent comes in. So that was all an opening. That whole bit with the dead husband and the affair plot line, all of that gets set up to us before the credits are even done rolling. A year later, we're driving in Appalachia, USA, and there is a banjo song playing 
which is a call out to Deliverance. But it is Beth and Sarah heading up the mountain to meet uh, their friends. The rest of the gang. And I like how Beth is like, you know what? We don't have to do this. We can do whatever you want. And Sarah's like, yeah, you're right. We don't have to do this, but I'm not going to be the one to tell Juno. We get up to the mountains. They all meet. Uh, What did you guys think of the introduction of all of our characters? It it went pretty fast. You know, it's an evening of drinking and getting to know each other, but I... I couldn't really connect with any of them, you know, to figure out the personalities necessarily. And I'm trying to keep track of the names and, and, and it just went by too fast, but I get it. Cause we got to get down to the cave. Right. Yeah. I, I feel exact same way the professor does. The only three I even found any connection with was Sarah, Juno and Beth. The other ones I just, I couldn't connect with. And then I just kind of, I think came up with my head of don't get to, you know, like them too much cause they're all probably going to be gone soon. Oh, interesting. Interesting. What about you? I liked all of them. I got the relationship between Beth and Sarah, and then Juno's kind of the wild card. The two sisters, it didn't bother me, or I didn't really care about their relationship with the other group. I knew that them being sisters were going to come into play somehow, and I thought they were, I bought them as sisters. And when I met Holly, I thought, typical thrill junkie, probably going to be the first one to die, blah, blah, blah. But they made an impression that I started to care about all of them. One impression that I got at this point, because again, overthinking these movies, looking at these different characters, trying to think about the roles that they're going to play in the movie. uh, When we are first introduced to Holly and the way she is, and she's a little bit combative in kind of a humorous type way, I thought for sure this is the one that's going to fuck them all over somehow. She's the one who's either going to abandon them, screw them over, steal some stuff, and go off on her own. I don't know. I just immediately, I did not like Holly. So the next morning, they get up and they all go to what they think is the Bonham Bohemian Caves cave system. But in the trip out there, It's definitely letting us know that they're out in bumfucked Egypt. That's right. And it's a big, just hole in the ground. I feel like anybody could just wander and fall right into that thing. How did did Juno know where this place was? That was my thought, too. They said this is the first time anybody's been in this. Who found it? Where, Where did it come from? I got a better question. If we've been told for the past couple of minutes that this Bonham camp or cave thing was for tourists... This didn't look touristy. That was, again, my thought. <laughs> right? This no. didn't. And only one of them brings it up. It's Rebecca, one of the sisters. She's like, this doesn't look right. Are you sure we're going? Yeah. You're it, taking us where you're taking us? Well, it doesn't match what she read in the book. Right. Yeah. That, in conjunction with, if they're all spelunkers, if they are, then they should all be visibly aware of the lack of shit that's left by other people. There's ah. there's no garbage. There's no other equipment. There's 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 no human presence that somebody's already been there. And nobody brought that up? No. Yeah. It's, it's like, huh? Okay, well, whatever. They go down the hole and... Um, <laughs> you said hole. <laughs> now the deep, he, dark, moist hole. hole. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, well, now he likes it. Um And they start going through, and uh, Sarah finds, like, I don't know, carved-in handprints or something on the rock. It looked like a It looked like blood, right? I'm thinking to myself, fucking red flag right away, right? But that's just me in a horror movie. Mm -hmm. 
actually the first red flag was like we just got done talking about this isn't the right fucking cave so anyways they go in and they start exploring and this film does a good job of setting up how we're going to be fed the story from here on out tight caves dark shots uh we're going to use flares flashlights or torches as they call them or the camera infrared the headlamps and the headlamps to be our uh key light from here on out and the other thing that we also get is sarah begins to experience what was that right right those start trickling in now well one of the things that's also brought up is juno goes through all the things to watch out for and one of the things she mentions is hallucinations rebecca does Oh, was it Rebecca that went through that? Uh-huh. Well, they, she mentions hallucinations. So we you, you were kind of given the idea, especially when you said Sarah kind of starts noticing some things of, oh, well, maybe she's just having these hallucinations. They're giving us a justifying reason for the group not to believe her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And she doesn't reveal it necessarily because it begins with, you know, Sarah, you know, jerking her head around with what was that sound? It's not anybody else. It's just Sarah. When they're going through the tight hole, they all kind of get through, and then Sarah starts coming through, and she gets stuck. And she starts to panic, but Beth notices this and goes back for her, and then they hear rumbling. But before we leave the, the, this tunnel, I, I'd, I'd like to point out that they had a really great little moment in there where they are crawling through, and they have to turn onto their backs to keep their head above the water. Right, they have to get onto their backs and they crawl through this little puddle of water. Can you imagine doing that? No, yeah. I mean, first of all, I'm not even in that fucking cave. It's just like somebody decides, uh, you know, I can fit in here, and I'm going to go ahead and push myself through here, and then hopefully it'll get better, and hopefully I'll dry off, right? Because now you're fucking wet, and it's a dank, moist, damp, dark cave. Oh no, you're wet, not just moist. Um, did, did you catch, I think it was either when Juno or Holly or one of them was going through, there was actually some rumbling early on yeah. to give us an indication of, oh, when the final person gets through, if they even make it through, this shit's collapsing. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were, they were teeing that up for us. A fun little moment about crawling through the, 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 the water part. That, that was actually a bathtub that they put into the set. And so they built the set around the bathtub. Awesome. I love this set. Uh, it looked real to me. Yeah, you know, yeah, it did. It and, looked and really thinking, good. How the fuck do you film that? Right. Maybe I'm, again, overanalyzing, but I felt like this was, again, this whole thing was a metaphor for them to be birthed, basically. They're going through the birth canal into this new world that they're entering. Okay. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to address that. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know how that gets into your head. I want to say you read that somewhere, but if that's what you really thought... The women did nickname that... Sequence, the vagina. Yeah, well, okay, there you go. The avalanche happens 35 minutes into the movie. And when that avalanche happens, I see it's 35 minutes into the movie. It's like, here we go. Yeah, it's kind of almost the start to the shit. Because before we can really get into the shit, we got to have a uh, moment, a come to Jesus moment with Juno. So they're trapped, and they're not initially freaking out because they've set a flight plan, they've read the books, there's three exits, and they're like, right, Juno? There's three exits. Beth says, yeah, there are in the cave we should have been in. And then it comes to uh, realization 
nobody knows that they're down in this cave. Plus, there's no resources to help them find their way out. Holy shit. What the fuck? One thing I did appreciate right away was uh, they gave us one of the two ways of what you're supposed to do in a situation like that. Which the one way... Did you catch Juno with the lighter? Yeah, looking for the wind tunnel. She's following the wind uh, to figure out, you know, possibly another exit. Do you know the other way of what you're supposed to do? No. Well, typically the way these caves are carved out is either by uh, rushing water or glaciers. Glaciers usually cut through these things and create these cave systems. Um, So what really we're seeing in this movie is so much water means that if the water is coming in, the water has to be exiting. Otherwise, that whole thing would be flooded. So the other way out of these cave systems is to follow the water. And so, yeah, they uh, are in the wrong cave. They're all pissed off at Juno. And she's like, hey, I did this for us. I wanted to name this together. And they're like, fuck you, bitch. You did did this for your ego. That's right. Yeah. And so now I'm thinking they are They are in the shit. As the group presses forward with hopes of finding an exit, they discover aged climbing equipment and a cave painting that suggests an exit. Holly, thinking she sees sunlight, runs ahead but falls down a hole and breaks her leg. As the others help Holly, Sarah wanders off and observes a pale humanoid creature drinking at a pool before it scampers away. Later, the group comes across a den of animal bones and is suddenly attacked by a creature known as a crawler. Holly is killed when the crawler attacks and bites through her throat. Sarah runs and falls down a hole where she is knocked unconscious. Juno, trying to prevent Holly's body from being dragged away, kills a crawler with her pickaxe but then, startled and in shock, accidentally strikes Beth through the neck. Beth collapses with Juno's pendant in her hand and begs Juno not to leave her, but a traumatized Juno flees. Sarah awakens to find herself in a den of human and animal carcasses, witnessing Holly's body being mauled and eaten by crawlers. Juno discovers cave markings from previous explorers that point to a specific path through the caves. Juno locates Sam and Rebecca, Sam has deduced that the crawlers are blind and rely on sound to hunt. Juno tells them about the markings, but she will not leave without Sarah. It's during this momentary time where they're, they're, they're hacking out what they're going to try to do that we have Sarah flashing her flashlight and we get to see a, a, a silhouette sort of person up in the rocks and it doesn't move, and she takes the flashlight back to that just a moment later to see that that shadow silhouette is no longer there. Oh, shit. What I noticed about this movie is it does that a couple times. It'll move the camera and the light just fast enough to where you think, did I just see that? And then sometimes it'll go and it'll hold just a little bit longer where you're thinking, as the audience member, oh, these guys are fucked. I thought they did a really good job with that. Agreed. They find their way to a ravine, and Rebecca has to work her way across. What'd you guys think of this whole bit? A big old nope from me. <laughs> well, yeah, no shit. Did you find this uh, tense at all? Very much tense, but my first thought, and again, 
it was they kind of gave the the indication of going down was too deep and i don't i'm guessing the ropes weren't long enough but again for me follow the water i was thinking maybe if they got down far enough they would find where the water is heading out they had no that yeah they had no idea and they didn't have the supplies because we should have mentioned that the rope bag got left behind in the avalanche yeah yeah so uh she pretty much cliffhangers it Mm -hmm. you know I thought it was a very wonderfully tense scene. And the other thing that helps sell it is how much under duress she is to put each one of these these pieces. What what are those called? Those, those little graboid things. They're and, clamps or anyway, some shit. Yeah. But, you know, she is seriously working hard at it. And, and it's not taken lightly. Yeah. And she is fucking agonizing over it. But... She felt like she was probably the most qualified to do it, so she took the lead. And as she's doing this, impressively, by the way, she notices another piece of climbing equipment that has to have been hundreds of years old. And it had been there a long fucking time. Long fucking time, because it looks nothing like what they're using today. What was more stressful, Rebecca putting those up and getting the rope all attached or Juno taking them all down. The whole fucking scene was stressful for me. I did find this whole thing really moving. Because as Rebecca gets across, she has to use one of the old, she has to use that old piece of equipment. And I'm thinking to myself, that's probably not a good idea. But she gets across and then I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm waiting for a crawler to come out from behind her or attack her there or something, right? But they do it not slow. It's it's a it's a really good pace. Uh, they string up the rope. The other girls go across, and then Juno, like you were saying, she has to come across. But she's thinking we're going to need all the equipment we have if we're going to make it out of here. So she free climbs back and collects all the shit. But naturally, the last one breaks because it's the old piece of equipment, and we had to see that coming. So that breaks. She falls. They pull her up. But did you see what it did to Rebecca's hands? Wicked the rope, rope burn. Yeah. Ugh, wicked. Ugh. At this point, the girls find the cave drawings, and we have a very brief moment of relief where we can kind of sort of catch our breath for a moment. And not only relief, but a very uh, brief moment of hope. Very brief. We're also given the indication of an idea of where these dwellers may have come from, that they were cave people at one time. Holly foolishly rushes ahead because she thinks she sees daylight. Was that just a reflection off of something? What yeah, it's, it? it's the reflection off the rock, I think it, oh. it's what it is. It's phosphorus. Phosphorus. Phosphorus, yeah. okay. And it was at this point of the movie, even when I first saw it for the first time, I just went, oh, come on. I I seriously doubt she would be flying through a fucking cave so system. Reckless. Right? That was my so thought reckless. of the fact that she was running. Yeah, and it, it was stupid reckless, and maybe that's the character, but... I, I I just kind of rolled my eyes a little bit because you play dumb game, you win dumb prizes, right? So running through a cave, guess what? You're going to fucking fall. I got the impression that we are supposed to take from this is that she pretends to be a badass, that she pretends to be brave, but at this moment we get to see the real her, which is chicken shit, and she just wants to get out. Yeah, maybe. But either way, she runs and she falls down a hole, or she's starting to fall down the hole, but we get the hole. Juno saves her at the last second which I thought was a nice touch. But Juno loses her grip. She falls, and then you hear the snap. Ugh. That's a wicked break. I was was waiting for her to say or someone to say, game over, dude. (laughs) No, I don't think any of them were in any type of joking attitude at all. 
So they go down to Holly and they see the uh, bone protruding. And the only way to fix it is Sam says she's got to put it back into place. Mm Got to set it. Fuck that. This movie has already given me the creeps. I'm all fucking stressed out because of the tension. It's closed quarters. And we haven't even seen a fucking monster yet. My first thought from this scene and then thinking back to the the cut on the hand was, oh, these creatures are going to come after blood. They're going to smell the blood uh, on both of these women and instantly be drawn to them. And that was going to what was going to bring all these creatures. At this time, we we have the leg being set, but then Sarah, she hears something else again. And it almost sounds like 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 a laugh. And she decides to go and investigate off on her own. And this is her head fucking with her, right? Because potentially, because it it sounds like her daughter's laugh, mm-hmm. but her daughter's dead. So, and then we have a reveal as she approaches us, the camera, and we see something in the foreground that's interrupting the shot. And the interrupting of the shot, what is that? Is it water or something? And then the reveal, we have. The little creeper sitting there drinking some water. And that's the first time we really see it. Yep. And it takes off. Skitters off. And oh. Juno comes or Beth comes and says, what are you doing? We got to go. And she and Sarah's like, I fucking saw something. And immediately she is dismissed. Yeah. Your mind's just, your eyes are playing tricks on you. It's hallucination. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. So they make their way down the cave. I think they also during this time, isn't that when she finds like an old, old helmet? And so we see another tidbit of evidence that somebody else has been down here, but it's been a very, very long time. Nobody believes Sarah though. No. Why would you? Yeah. Right. Who could possibly be down here? It's not like we're in a horror movie. Maybe they could help us though. (laughs) Oh, that's right. And then they start screaming for help. One of the things that I read was that the director said the movie title had two meanings. One, the descent into the cave system and two, the descent into madness. So again, you kind of get that inclination of, is it real or is it all in Sarah's head? I never once thought it was in Sarah's head. Okay. Not once. I I took this movie as these five women, six women going on an adventure, and shit just goes wrong. Yeah, but did you get the impression of, of something the director wanted you to get, which was all of the women are basically losing their shit at this point. I mean, they're all starting to snap. Well, how could they not be? They are under incredible pressure. Yeah, Yeah, of course they are. What I didn't see was Sarah being as fucked up as she was because of the opening, but that does play into Mm. the descent into madness for sure. We get a reveal of a whole shit ton of bones. And they're starting to really freak out now. Because that's a lot of bones. That's right. And then- Did you notice that a lot of more animal bones? Yeah. I, I didn't notice. Which- they kind of, I don't know I don't think it was at this point but they gave the indication later that these creatures have gone to the surface to to hunt animals and bring them down into the cave system another reason why there must be an exit somewhere so whilst in this room of bones they go to the infrared vision and this is probably one of the uh, the scariest scenes at the time when you first watch it uh, it's the reveal where you see the camera sweeps left there's nothing there and then when we come back, right the creature is right behind one of the women and attacks and then all hell breaks loose is that where it kills holly yeah well yeah well they go after holly because she's uh incapacitated takes a big old chomp out of her neck shoulder area yeah and what i did notice is that's the first place that they bite like an animal would Mm -hmm. so 
during all of this, Juno is fighting to not let them take Holly. Rebecca and Sam take off. Sarah falls down a fucking hole again. Another thing that we have revealed is we watch these one of the creatures crawling across the roof of the cave, and I'm like, holy fuck, they're on the roof? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Well, these fuckers were creepy. Well, that's one of the things, you know, again, looking at the way the creatures were designed, if you look closely at their fingers, they had these kind of claws that looked like they were good for climbing onto things and, you know, hanging onto the ceilings of the caves. Yeah, they tell us that they've evolved and adapted to for yeah. cave life. Yeah. And so uh, they separate, and, and the girls are not sure which tunnel that they want to flee down. But, you know, holy shit. Why are you separating like this? I guess because they're freaked out beyond all imagination. And it, it's a rule of horror movies. You have to separate the pack. <laughs> and so uh, the crawlers manage to pull Holly away, but Juno's fighting with one uh, with a couple of them, and she's just going to town, right? She's taking care of business. Juno is a badass, yes. right? And then, but the tug of war. Oh my gosh! Oh, I know. Kind of gruesome. Yeah, a little bit, right? Did you get the feeling like it's the same kind of tug of war you'd have with your dog with a a shoe or a, a rope? <laughs> yes. Like they, maybe they were having fun, like as a game. Yes, that's exactly that's exactly what I was thinking. I try try to tug a stake away from a dog. Um, and so Juno is attacked by a second creeper onto her back, which means she has to let go of Holly. And she manages to fend that off. She's, doesn't she spike it in the head or something with the pickaxe? Yeah, she, I mean, she spikes a lot of things in the head with but, the pickaxe. But now she's in full berserk mode. Berserk mode, right? Mm-hmm. And the camera, we cut to the point of view of someone walking up to uh, Juno. Uh, well, not walking, but some, something is approaching Juno. Right behind her. They turn around, and she fucking nails Beth right through the throat. That... I would have thought was an oh fuck moment as it, well. It was definitely an oh fuck moment. And my also first thought was while it was tragic, while it was horrible, I didn't blame Juno. I didn't feel No, like, it was a complete fucking accident. Yeah, and I kept thinking, this does not make Juno a bad person in that, yeah, it was an accident. I guess what made Juno the bad person was leaving her behind. Oh, That's exactly what it was. Heartbreaking. But this moment in the movie for me, soul crushing. Absolutely soul crushing. But I kept thinking, what would I do in that situation? You got someone who's bleeding from the neck, who's not going to last much longer. You can't carry her out. What What do you do? You You take your pickaxe, you go up, you hold them, you say, I'm sorry. Yeah. And you finish it. Okay. And then you move on and try That'd to survive. That would be so tough. Oh, my God. Oh, And it gets... Well, it gets well, we worse. Get Sarah has to fucking do it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So, so Juno, she backs into the darkness, and we see we see Beth holding her hand up, pleading, "Don't, Don't leave. leave me." Oh, but, absolutely. But you crushing. knew when she grabbed that pendant that that pendant was coming back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so Juno escapes. Uh, Sarah has fallen and hit in her head, and she is hallucinating. And we get the birthday cake. With the candles. And so we have Sam and Becca. They're separated, but and they're apparently deciding to continue on their own. They're sisters. They're looking out for each other. They've, they are of the mindset, and I don't know if they ever say this, but they are of the mindset that if they get out, they can go get help. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. that's, that's, the, that's the thinking behind that. And there's that bit when they're laying on the ledge and they're holding each other and the creeper and the crawlers come in. Um scary yes and but it kind of goes back to kind of what we were saying how come you couldn't smell them how come you didn't do this but i think that 
at this point in the movie, I don't care because as it's crawling along and the fear in these women's eyes or in their face and they're trying to breathe and you're, you're asking yourself, what the fuck would I be doing in this situation? I thought it was very suspenseful and it was very tense. This for me, if I was in that situation, would be a good test to see if the creatures could smell urine. <laughs> well, there you go, Mr. Pisser the Pants. Or the deuce. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Sarah, in the meantime, she wakes up from her fall and she starts using the camera and she looks at that vast collection of bones that are all over the place and then suddenly, Holly's thrown down into the hole and it's mealtime. What'd you guys think of that bit? Awful. I thought it was masterfully shown to us. Yeah. Horrific scene, yes. horrific situation, but the way Neil Marshall tells it to us, he tells it to us via very quick glimpses of uh the creatures and holly's body very 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 brief but mostly through the sound design and through sarah's expressions yes and it fucking works and it sells yes because we don't need to look at that for very long because uh, we know what's happening and sarah tells us what we are supposed to not be seeing right i felt it was for me it was very animalistic it was how you would expect animals to be feeding and grazing and how you know it would probably be very hard in Africa or whatever to watch a lion eat a gazelle and have all those lions attack. It just felt very similar to me. One thing I thought was interesting is with the design of these creatures, with these crawlers, the women, the actresses never got to see what the design was going to look like until they first saw it in during filming. So their reactions, their screams, all that were very legitimate to the point where when they first saw it, they all screamed like crazy and ran off the set. Laughing because it was a good scare. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, every horror movie should do that. And exactly. a lot of horror movies do do that, so it's not uncommon. Yeah. We also have another shot that happens that is startling, and we have Sarah looking through the camera, looking at the at the screen, and then all of a sudden, there's a creeper right there taking up the entire frame. It's It's inches away from the camera. And it's his mouth. So you see the tongue and the teeth, and I can that only, weird drool. I could only imagine what that fucking smells like. Are you fucking kidding me? Nasty. Ugh. In the meantime, Juno finds Juno finds Sam and Rebecca, and this is where we learn that Sam has deduced that these creatures are blind. They're pretty much hunting you by sound. And then Juno tells him there has been people down here because I've seen the markings on how to get out. There's the an, arrows on the wall. There's yeah. there's another thing that happens during this time where Juno, before Juno uh, reconnects with the other two, she's on her own and she is flashing her light and we see her staring at one of the critters, one of the creatures, and then for he's there for just a few moments and then he scampers off. And then at that point... We watched Juno. She's on offense. She decides that she's on offense. She's got her pickaxe, and she takes off in the direction of that critter. So Sarah is in this uh, room of bones, and she just watched Holly get devoured. Devoured, And then she kind of uh, moves her way along, and then she finds a canteen, and it has some oil in it, and she decides to make a torch, mm -hmm. and she uses some of Holly's old clothes and she even apologizes to Holly as she's ripping it. I thought that was an interesting bit. But now we have fire. And you would think that fire would be the be-all, end-all weapon as it 
as it has been in uh, history. These guys aren't really affected by fire. No. But anyways, they she she has a torch. Meanwhile, Sarah encounters Beth, who tells her that Juno wounded her, then abandoned her. Beth gives Juno's pendant to Sarah, telling her it was a gift from Paul. And Sarah realizes that Juno and Paul had an affair before his death. Beth begs Sarah to euthanize her, which Sarah reductantly does by bashing her head in with a rock. Sarah then encounters several crawlers and manages to kill them all, falling into a blood-filled pond in the process and emerging covered in blood. Elsewhere, Juno, Sam, and Rebecca are pursued by a large group of crawlers. They reach a chasm, and Sam tries to climb across, but a crawler scaling the ceiling attacks and rips her throat out. Sam stabs it before bleeding to death in front of Juno and Rebecca. Rebecca is then dragged away and eaten alive as Juno escapes. Juno encounters Sarah and lies to her about seeing Beth die. After defeating a group of crawlers close to the exit, Sarah confronts Juno, revealing the pendant and her knowledge of Beth's fate and the affair with Paul. Sarah then strikes Juno in the leg with a pickaxe and leaves her to die as a swarm of crawlers approaches. Juno is last heard screaming as Sarah escapes. Sarah falls down a hole and is knocked unconscious. Again. So Sarah is making her way and... Beth sticks her hand up. That make you jump? No. Made me jump. I think it, it made me jump too. Made me jump. And talk about even more soul crushing. Well, my mm-hmm. my first thought was she got pickaxed right through the center of her throat. She is talking pretty well for someone who has had an axe go through the back of her neck or, and through the front. That's what you thought? Yeah. I, I didn't expect her to have any voice whatsoever. Oh, but it... Yeah, well, it was very soft, and I couldn't have heard it. I had the captions on. That's the only reason why I knew she was talking. But I see what you're saying. So imagine you're walking through. First of all, you're in hell, right? Mm -hmm. And then you see your best friend with a hole in her fucking throat and tells you that your other friend did this to her and then left left her. her. Oh, and was stooping your husband at the same time. What the fuck more can... Sarah endure. Yeah. How much more shit can you heap upon somebody? Beth told her when Sarah got stuck, Beth told her, you have already experienced the worst thing anybody has ever experienced or could ever experience. And you've come out on top. So this is nothing, right? It's felt like at that moment, that's when God said, hold my beer. (laughs) And then Beth looks at her and she says, you can't leave me like this. And that's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. And so Beth has to, or, and so Sarah has to do the unthinkable. So if that was Ken or me, would you be able to crush our heads with a rock? Yes, because I wouldn't want you to suffer. I guess my question is, would you say close your eyes or would you just do it right away? This was the perfect moment for a little addition of kind of like a call out to Monty Python with, you know, bashing the head. She starts to move away and you hear, I'm not dead yet. Yes, this was a perfect moment for that have her to have to do it like two or three times yeah and while we're at it well, let's just throw in some benny hill music you hear that rock come down and she's like you hit me in the shoulder all right i'm done with you both uh she kills beth she moves along and then she falls into this big well she pool a, of blood she has a creeper jump onto her back which i didn't catch at first but did you notice that that was a young creeper that was like a little boy that jumped on her back had boobs 
Didn't, no, no, no. That the was first mom. one. That what happened was is she then kills the little youngling. She whips it off her back and she uses her boot to stomp its head. Oh, right, 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 and right. And right, then right. mom ah, comes for revenge. Gotcha. That's yep, when yep. you get to see the one with the boobs. Right. And so uh, she falls into this big thing of blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's an iconic shot. Is her coming up? from the blood you knew it was coming of course you did i mean you don't set up a shot like that without taking that shot and I, so i appreciate the little crispiness at the top to show that the blood has coagulated a little bit so it wasn't just like a pool of you know like watery blood yeah th- there was chunky blood yeah there's right. meniscus along the top yeah. right and while this is happening sam juno and rebecca are being pursued by a bunch of crawlers but they reach this chasm and Sam gets there first because she takes off and Rebecca and Juno are still kind of fighting off the, the fuckers. And I knew this was going to happen. Uh, she tries to do what Rebecca and Juno does free climb to put in the clamp and then hang there. And you can see that her hands are just fucked up because she, she even uh, acknowledges she doesn't have gloves, but you knew there was going to be a crawler and you knew it was going to happen. And you knew it was going to be as soon as Juno and Rebecca get to the cliff and they're like, turn around, come back, turn around, come back. And then having to watch your sister die right in front of you. This wasn't the only one, but this scene gave me huge alien vibes of when the light turns and it's on the wall or it's right above you or it's right in front of you. That big startle effect just seemed like a call out to alien. And then another shows up and starts dragging Becca. And this, and <laughs> since we're talking about call out to other movies, uh, when Rebecca gets gutted and eaten right here, very much a callback to Day of the Dead. And then Juno escapes and starts fighting. And yeah, so she, now she jumps off the ledge down into the water. That's right. And then when she gets down in the water, there's that uh, crawler that Sarah had stabbed. Right. And it's still alive. Juno manages to dispatch of that one. Uh, but now we are just down to Sarah and Juno that are alive. Yeah, and Juno starts making her way up. And as she's climbing up, Sarah finds her and pulls her in. Right. I got to say, at this point, Sarah, she is looking fabulous. Badass. And she's definitely a survivor. She's our Ripley. Absolutely, yeah. And so the two are there, and Sarah's like, uh, where are all the others? And Juno's like, they're they're dead and sarah's like what about beth and juno's like she, she died she she didn't make it yeah you were there when she died and because remember sarah knows mm-hmm. sarah knows the truth it looks like that maybe they might face off against each other but then screeches pull them back to we got to move right and so they have their kind of final battle with these we see a couple of creatures. arrows on the wall now it's like okay we could be getting closer because now we have some arrows and then all of a sudden it's a showdown time because they come to an opening and there are three creepers sitting there blocking their way. And so it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. Sarah and Juno dispatch of these creepers. Holy shit. In the most raw, savage, brutal way. They just don't give a fuck. The thumbs to the eyes? It is brutally raw. It seems to me that these creatures are best when you don't see them coming. But when they're in front of you, they take them out. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. But just because they can climb on walls and are an evolutionary marvel doesn't mean that they're strong. 
Yeah, that's what was my thought is they're probably not very strong. They have the weakness of they can't see what's in front of them. Uh, and they're probably just, you know, they haven't dealt with things like that. I think this was another oh shit, oh fuck moment that I didn't see coming, but it was it's kind of satisfying, kind of. Uh, Juno and Sarah are standing in front of each other. How they are so well lit. It is bright now. Sarah is like completely illuminated all the way around her. You, is that coming from the exit? That's what I was wondering. I don't know. That and the torches. I think there was another torch that they lit. Anyway, it was very well lit. She, she is easy to see in all of her glory. Well, you got to be able to see the main character. And she confronts Juno, holds out the medallion. The necklace, yeah. And not, not, not a whole lot of words are spoken. But it's obvious Juno knows... It's obvious that they both know that they both know. And Sarah lifts her arm. Well, not she's she starts to, but then there's a creeper that screeches and that momentarily distracts Juno and Juno looks away. And then Sarah comes down and pickaxes Juno in the knee. Sarah's like, fuck this bitch. I'm leaving her here. And she makes for the exit. This was a part. I don't know why it bothered me. Uh, maybe I just didn't take into account that, you know, everything you know, Sarah's been through and that maybe she is now pr- pretty much mentally unstable. But did it bother you at all what she did to Juno? No, because... Did Juno deserve to die, basically, was my question. No, I don't know if anybody deserves to die, but in this situation, she didn't, she didn't necessarily kill Juno. She just left her more difficult to get out. She left her in the same position that she left Beth. Exactly. Just as Juno left Beth to die, Sarah leaves Juno to die. And that's all that was. It just so happens that the affair was even more reason to plunge that fucking pickaxe through her knee. Yeah. Like I said before, I didn't blame Juno for accidentally killing Beth or basically putting the spike through the pickaxe through Beth's neck. Leaving her shitty thing to do having an affair really shitty thing to do but pickaxing her through the leg so that she will basically just be you know eaten to death be tortured and and killed in that way it it took sarah down a notch in my mind i almost wanted to see her be a little more more noble than knock the shit out of her once they get all above but given the circumstances of how much she has endured. That was my thought is that maybe she's just been pushed over the edge. And Sarah has a better chance of escaping by herself while the crawlers are busy with Juno. Yeah. So it was a diversion. And so the last thing we hear from Juno is screaming. So we're assuming that the crawlers have made it to her and shockingly, shockingly, Sarah falls down yet another fucking hole and is knocked unconscious. When Sarah awakens, she sees sunlight and clambers up a slope covered in bones to escape the cave. After exhaustedly running to the car, she speeds out of the woods before she pulls over to the side of the road. Breaking down in tears, after a truck passes, she vomits out her window. When she sits up, she hallucinates a bloodied Juno sitting next to her and screams. Roll credits. I have heard that this movie has a different UK, like, original ending. Uh, and I think 
Ken, you said you watched that version? Yep. What was in that version? The original version has Sarah screaming, and then she is startled awake after she screams with a screech. And we are back in the cave. And we are suddenly realizing that she never escaped the cave. She has a hallucination of Jessica presenting her with a birthday cake. Camera starts frame right, Jessica. Camera pans to the left. And Sarah is frozen, just staring at the cake. The camera pans back as the camera backs up, back in right frame. Jessica is not there. And the birthday cake with the candles is actually her torch that is slowly going out. The camera continues to back away and she stays frozen in the cave, and we hear the closing sound of screeches getting louder. And the movie ends there. What did you think of that ending, Don? I like that ending better. Me too. Why did they not use that ending? Because Americans are uptight, and they thought it would be too depressing for them. So, there you go. So, Sarah's climbing out, and in our U.S. ending, she makes it out of the cave... She runs down, she gets into the car, she leaves, she throws up, she sees Juno, she screams, and we cut to black. As far as this U.S. ending, what did you guys think of this ending? Yeah. My first thought, and again, I, don't, I know I'm wrong on this, but she was driving like a bat out of hell, and I'm thinking, what does she think that's after her at this point? You know, she's gotten in the car. She's driving away. She Does she think that the critters have jumped into the other cars and are following her? I chalked that up to adrenaline, bud. Adrenaline? That's what I was... Fuck yeah. You want to get out of there and get away from that area as fast as humanly fucking possible. I also thought when that truck was coming that, oh my God, is she going to die just like her husband and daughter did? Oh, yeah. No, I, I didn't think about I was that. wondering if she was just going to be taken out by the truck. I was thinking about how in the world... Does she end up surfacing so close to her own vehicle? Well, she runs for a little bit. Yes, but relatively speaking, they were all over the place. It was pretty handy that it was close to her vehicle. Yeah, well. Speaking of the ending as well, that whole shit ton, mountain of bones going up, that was that was a, a really interesting shot where we have her climbing from left frame to right frame, and we see that it's a long 45-degree angle hill of bones to that ray of light. Pretty pretty cool looking. Yeah. Little pet peeve, though, of mine was the, uh, you know, it's it sh- several times we see uh, spines of, you know, carcasses. But, you know, there's cartilage in between, you know, the discs, which means that that cartilage should have been gone long ago, which means that the bones should just be a pile. It's not, it's not going to be a spine. Yeah. Maybe it was from yesterday. Maybe. Right. But there was a bunch. Maybe maybe it was Rebecca's spine. We don't know. Who knows? But it's all part of her hallucination, I guess. That's right. And her thinking that she gets out of the fucking she cave. gets even with she gets even with Juno and she makes it out alive. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So going back to these creatures and the designs of the creatures, did they remind you of anyone in specific? Professor? What, you mean like Gollum? Oh, fuck. Walked right into that one, didn't I? And now it's time for John's... Precious! Moment. 
This is the point in our podcast where I compare the movie that we are currently reviewing to the greatest movie series ever made, Lord of the Rings. So let's start with Sarah. Sarah's my pick for Frodo. She's the one on the journey to rebuild her life after losing her husband and daughter. Samwise, in my impression, would be Juno, at least at first, if Sam was boinking Frodo's husband. Even though Juno is basically pretty shitty to Sarah, she also is protective and appears to care about her. She's the one who tries to help Sarah make progress on her journey. Juno is also the leader of the group, which also gives her an Aragorn quality. Beth, in my mind, is also a bit of a Samwise in that she's always there to comfort Sarah and to help Sarah, especially through like when she was stuck in the cave and other situations. So in this movie, I would give both those characters kind of the Sam idea. Holly Mills was overly gung-ho and gave the impression to me that she was eager to prove herself. She was also a bit gruff and not great with social awareness. So for me, she gave off Gimli vibes. Regarding Sam and Rebecca, the two sisters, their sibling issues reminded me a little bit of Boromir and Faramir. They also had a bit of Merry and Pippin to them as they were useful to the story, but basically just side characters. That would make our fellowship Sarah, Juno, Beth, Holly, Sam, and Rebecca. Gollum, of course, would be all the cave dwellers. They were all just looking for their precious, which to them was food. Since there really wasn't any specific big bad uh, leading the dwellers, besides hunger, this isn't really a Sauron the White or Sauron type case for comparison. The closest thing I had to Sauron, again, as like I said, was the hunger that drives the dwellers. So what is the precious? What is the one ring in descent? The best analogy or comparison to the one ring that I could come up with was the cave itself. Escape from the cave was basically like Frodo and Sam and Gollum destroying the ring at Mount Doom. That was the freeing effect that allowed Sarah to get, you know, to get on her way and to go into whatever goes into the sequel. So there you have it, my comparison of the descent to Lord of the Rings. Bring on the grades. What was the precious? The precious was the cave itself. Basically, at first when they went into the cave, they were all excited. It was a new adventure. It was something really cool. Turned into a shit show. And basically, escaping the cave system was like destroying that whole effect. I can see that. Me too. I am going to give you a C+. I thought Beth was much more of a Sam than I don't think Juno was a Sam at all. Even though she was trying to protect uh, Sarah, she was doing that. Uh, She's more of an Aragorn. Good. I think if Aragorn had a dark side, I would have said Boromir because she's a fucking shit. Right now, Bar- Boromir redeems himself. And I guess you have to watch the sequel, but C plus C plus for me. What you got, bud? I'm going back and forth, but I think I'm going to lean more towards... Maybe I'll give it a B-. And that was John's... Moment. All right, what do you guys think? You guys ready to rate this flick? I'm ready to rate this flick. Hey, John, you ready to rate this flick? You don't have to jump on my back and bite my neck to show me a good time. I like that one. That was a good one. 
Professor, how do we do our ratings? We do our ratings on a scale of one to five fucks. Five fucks is a movie that we think is cinematic gold. Anytime somebody says, hey, you want to watch the, hey, you want to watch The Descent? Fuck yeah, I do. A one fuck movie is a movie where you see it, it's one and done. You've seen it and you know you're never going to watch it again. And what's a zero? A zero fuck movie is a movie where you get done watching it and you're like, oh, for shit's sake, what the hell? Who made me watch this? Why would you make me watch this? I want one hour and 39 minutes of my life back. Or in other words, we just don't give a fuck. All right, my movie. I'll go first. You go first. I was really impressed with The Descent when I saw it uh, way back when. I didn't get to see it in the theater. I'm sure I watched it on Blu-ray. And I was amazed how simple the story really was. They built the entire cave system. The shots were fantastic. I really enjoyed the creatures. This, like I said earlier, was probably one of the best horror films in the last 20 years, in my humble opinion. And we all know how humble my opinion is. I thought that the cast did great. I thought the sets were fantastic. The score was creepy. It kept me on the edge of my seat. I'm okay with the U.S. ending. I like the original ending much better. I am giving The Descent four and a half fucks. All right, John, what do you think? You or me? I'm ready to stick myself in that deep, dark, moist hole. (laughs) All right. But before I do, Don, you got it right last week. You're back on track. Do you want to guess my rating for this week? Uh, Sure. I was surprised, to say the least, on your thoughts of this movie, and I didn't really see that coming. So because of all of that, I think you are going to give The Descent three fucks. Three fucks, your final answer. Yep, yep. Okay. The Descent is meant to be a horror movie that will keep you on the edge of your seat. If you are bothered by dark, tight constraints, this movie takes that creep factor up to 11. One of the highlights of The Descent is the intense and suspenseful atmosphere. The tight and dark cave setting creates a sense of claustrophobia and adds to the overall tension. I appreciate how they effectively use lighting and sounds to enhance the feeling of being trapped underground, creating an immersive experience. The characters in the film, in my opinion, are a bit underdeveloped. I had a hard time remembering who was who, and honestly not caring about their names or backstories, except for Sarah and Juno. Shauna McDonald delivered a strong performance as the lead character, Sarah, who goes from strong to wrecked to strong again, taking us on a physically and emotional roller coaster. The connection between the female characters does add some depth to the story, making their struggles more relatable. The horror elements in The Descent are mainly gruesome and intense scenes. The creatures are creepy as fuck and add an extra level of horror to the story. The film does a great job of building suspense. But in my opinion, if you aren't phased by dark, tight quarters, the movie just turns into a lot of jump scares. However, The Descent does have a few shortcomings. The pacing feels uneven at times with a slower first half, and throughout the movie, I kept asking why. Why they, why they make choices they do, why the creatures act the way they do, why they evolve the way they did, and so on. I pretty much, basically, I overthought things, and it took me out of the movie. 
And while I appreciate the way they use sounds to heighten the tension, the use of the quick-cut close-up camera work I found more of an annoyance. Overall, The Descent is a decent horror film that delivers on quick shock elements, creepy monsters, and gruesome deaths. It offers a unique and terrifying storyline involving being trapped underground in dark, tight places. While it may not be perfect, at least in my opinion, it definitely should be added to as a must-watch for horror enthusiasts who enjoy tense and claustrophobic thrillers. So for those reasons, I'm giving Descent three solid fucks. Three fucks from the comic book guy. What about you there, tough guy? You ready? Uh, yeah, I, I, I can go. But before I go, I just wanted to let you know that your batting average, you are currently a 766 batting average. 766, so is that 76%? Yep. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's fucking shitty. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. You, I wanted to be in the 80s or 90s, but you know me. Is, yeah. that, is that better or worse than the Broncos winning average? Oh, you can just fuck right off. Go, dickhead. Now I'm in a bad mood. Watching The Descent uh, the other day, I found myself thinking that this movie holds up. It's every bit as tense and intense as I remembered it from the first time around watching it. So this was only the second time I'd seen it. And I got to say that it is one heck of a thrilling roller coaster ride into hell. Because this movie just ratchets up. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. There are definitely some jaw-dropping moments. And I have respect for this movie because it does that. But as I said earlier, I'm not a fan in general of horror movies. It is not what I seek out to watch. However, I do think that this movie is quite effective. And the, uh, the, 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 the creepy crawlers, yeah, they, they scare the fuck out of me. Watching them scurry across the, the, uh, you know, the, the top of, of the cave. We have a couple of shots where they're just in frame and they're there, but we don't they don't do anything. There's one shot in particular where the girls are walking through a, a narrow opening and then the camera pans up and we see that there's one on the, on the top of the ceiling just above her that could have easily dropped on her, but didn't. And so, you know, this movie is just wonderfully intense in that way. The characters are a bit of a disappointment because as I said earlier, they are difficult to follow. I am unable to clearly discern who's who in several of the uh, the second act of the movie, they don't necessarily uh, spring out as, oh, that's Beth. Oh, that's Holly. Not so much. The only one that stuck out to me was Juno. And even then, I had a difficult time. Which one's Sarah? And so th- that is a, a little crestfallen for me that it, it is difficult to watch like that. However... Even though it is a bit of a challenge to watch, the original ending is just such, I think, a magnificent reveal that the whole third act that we get is just in her imagination. And, oh, fuck. Wow. So even though, like I said, I'm not a big fan, I think this movie is a solid 4.25 fucks. 4.25 fucks from the professor, three fucks from the comic book guy, four and a half fucks from yours truly. That gives The Descent an average of 
3.9 fucks, which puts it in the 12th spot with Moonrise Kingdom and The Suicide Squad. It is slightly better than True Lies, Silver Linings Playbook, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and Rambo First Blood Part 2. And slightly worse than The Batman, Clerks 2, Edge of Tomorrow, Zombieland, and Dodgeball. All right, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Three Guys in a Flick. If you would like to know which movie we are going to be reviewing next, please check out the website. Uh, speaking of which, hey, John, where can they find us? Well, they can find us at www.threeguysinaflick.com, where we just post anything we can think of, including our podcasts, blog posts, our initial thoughts. There's also a form on there where you can submit what you would like to see us review next. You can find us at all of social media and any place that hosts podcasts. All right. I just want to thank Zach, Ronnie, and Jill for always listening. Keep on listening. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Ronnie. Thanks, Jill. And I want to thank everyone else who listens to us and who has suggested a movie. If you keep listening, we'll keep recording. For Three Guys in a Flick, I'm Don. I'm John. And I'm Ken. Thanks for listening. Got a couple to work with. Yeah, because you give me a fucking couple of fuckings. Yeah, Are you it. fucking kidding me? Uh, that's more of an innuendo, and you know it. And by suggesting moist, you want to get under people's skins because you know that's a... Trigger word. word. Yeah. I personally don't give a fuck. Moist is moist. When I think moist, I don't think... I well, think I do, but the second thing I think of is cake. Duncan Hines. <laughs> right. That's where I'm at. Oh, real quick, sidetrack. The Descent 2. Uh, Sarah has to go back like Ripley. Anyways, long story short, they fall into this thing of water, and it is shit. We get to see one of the dwellers come over and take a shit into the... Oh, nice. Fucking, it's fucking dumb. Go on. What is that sound? He said jerky. Right. And, is this uh, where we're going to be? He said... Very deep. much, yeah. <laughs> Down in a deep, dark, wet hole. Moist. Moist hole. You like moist better than wet? I like moist better than wet. Okay. As I was saying, she... Let me close this door or anything. Are they... Where, what are they doing? Well, you got the door open, and I think you got your son in his room talking. Is his door open? Yes. I don't know. You want to go check on it's, that? It's a jar. Logan, close your door! Man, that is one crazy story how you, you know, you go down into, you know, a mountain. Going down. Maybe I'll give it a B minus. Yeah, I already played the music. You can't. Sorry. Sorry, John. B minus. No, you can't. I already played the fucking music. All right. What do you got? You got one? Uh, this one was a little hard. Well, I kept going back to, did you hear what kind of was the code name or whatever the production name for this movie? No. What was it? Chicks with Picks. So I almost thought that was a good one. That is kind of a good, uh, Chicks with Pricks. Yeah. That's probably a better one. Not the, Picks, but Pricks. The only thing else I came up with is The Debauchery. The debauchery. Yeah, that's not really. Um, we should go to the king of porn names. We should. We should. So, hey, Professor, do you got one for The Descent? No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That, that one's kind of rough on listeners. If you got a good porn name for The Descent, let us know. Thank you for listening to Three Guys in a Flick. Be sure to join us in the deep, dark, moist hole 
of movie reviews. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, it has a ring to it. No, it doesn't. Uh, can, I, can I say moist one more time? Go ahead. Moist. Does that bring you happiness? All right, fuck up. Good night.